0: Welcome back again. Uh, we're still talking about Sufi Islam and the relationship between Sufi Islam and folk, uh, folk Muslims. And it is very similar you can if you've been following what we've been going through in terms of the various stages of Sufi Islam. Uh, in West Africa, there are so many I mean you found pe- especially among the nomads of the Fulani of Guinea, of Sierra Leone, of Mali. Uh, these, you have a lot of. Sufi Muslims, among these people who travel along with their cattle, uh, be it sheep, goats, cow, camels, and uh, they really enjoy things like this in terms of spreading uh, the Sufi order. Taraki have also been very effective in spreading Islam, uh, uh, Islam in uh, in Africa example, Africa. The most important of these is East Africa. Have been uh, like again those names. I rather have to save it for you so for yourself to pronounce it. But the, the key one would be the Tijani and and the Mourides of Senegal. But those full schools have taught. They are they are in Ethiopia. I met some of the people. Went to their home. Talked to them. Uh, Study. Uh, some of their beliefs and what have you and this is where we really have to as Christians be open to talk to people of different religion even if we don't understand it. The best is to learn from them at times. Some questions for us to ponder on and there where right now we're going to come, I've given you all in terms summaries of the stages of Sufi Islam of what they believe and practices but now let's see how we can engage them with the gospel. Again, there's no way we we can know the problem of the Muslims, that the Quran, there are mistakes in it, that Muhammad was not a true prophet. But whatever we do, the key to everything, with all the courses that you're taking, the key here is how do I tell them? How do I present the gospel of Jesus Christ to them? And that's what we're going to ponder on The first question is, how might a follower of this form of Islam, be approached with the gospel ponder that question a little bit how will you approach them with the gospel the second question I want for us to think about why might be some bridges sharing the gospel with them with him or her let us look at some of the bridges Again, we come to Blaise Pascal, who has this beautiful quote. He said, <laughs> I love this French man. He said, For it is in vain, it is in vain, O oh man, that you seek within yourselves the remedy for your ills. Let's stop there. Be it nominal Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism. Pascal said that it is in vain that you seek within yourselves the answer. What can you find within yourself? Nothing. He goes, say so all your light can only reach the knowledge that not in yourselves will you find truth or good. The philosophers or the prophet promised you that and have been unable to do it. They neither know what is your true good, nor what is your true state how could they have given remedies for your ills when they did not even know them your chief maladies are pride which takes you away from God lust which binds you to earth and they have done nothing else but cherish you cherish one or other or the other of these diseases if they gave you God as an end. It was only to administer to your pride. They made you think that you, you are by nature like him. And you are not. And confirm to him. This is not the way to cure you of your unrighteousness. Which these wise men never knew. I alone, meaning God, can make you understand who you are. Wow. Long quotation from Blaise Pascal. But only God alone can make us understand. This is what Blaise Pascal called the post-loyalty. And that is, we men, women, we look great. We look like angels. That's one side of us. But then we are so bad and evil. We are so wretched. The only religion that can explain the contradictions in us is God and Christianity? But the first thing we need to recognize with Sufi Islam, they are thirsty for God. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the deer pens for streams of water, so my soul pins for you. My God, my soul thirsts for God. For the living God. When can I go and meet with God? You remember the Sufi order? that we're repeating the one union with God. And we see the psalmist here almost yearning for the same thing as a deer pens for water. We lived in Ethiopia for five, almost five years. And we went places where a year or two there would be no rain. Cattle would be dying. People would be dying from thirst. I know for some in the West, And some in West Africa where you have six months of rain, uh, six months of heat, you don't understand. But as the deer pens for the streams of water, so mine so pens for you, my God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? The psalmist is yearning for God. It's not just these people. And then when you read Psalm, um, uh, the next Psalm there is, is what? Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. Remember again, uh, when we talk about the Sufi Muslims, almost word for word, go back to the notes and, and review it when you get home. So and, and in fact, in 42, he said, when can I w- uh, go and meet with God? And then he's here, he said, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. Psalm 82, uh, to he said, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. How lovely. These Psalms just portray and open the heart of these people. And so we take These Psalms, I mean, there are so many Psalms. Just read the book of Psalms and you will find almost uh, the the Psalm is just yearning for God. Psalm 5, in the morning would I get up and praise you. Uh, Psalm 32, David talking about the man who God forgave. Psalm 51, David said, renew within me a clean heart and restore a right spirit within me. You could go from Psalm 95 or Psalm 27, Psalm 90, Psalm 91, 92, 93. You can use all of that with your fellow Sufi uh, Muslims. Let us look at some of the things that we can use as building bridges. The thirst for God. We just saw that. The thirsty for God. The hunger for God. And so, yes, take the manual with them, the Bible, and share scripture with them. One, the view that God, or that is Allah, is above all and totally in control of creation. What an opening. What an opening. View that God or Allah is above all and totally in control of all creation. We read Isaiah, uh, um, Isaiah chapter 6 where the prophet sits in the temple during the year when uzziah died he said i lifted up my head and saw the lord sitting on his throne what a picture that he is in control as I have for the for the 110 he talked about protecting us with his power and righteous right hand redemption you remember daniel chapter 3 the three hebrews boy Uh, looking at the king of the world then uh, Nebuchadnezzar they said that here O king or king live forever Uh, we are not afraid of you when you put us in the furnace of fire our God our God will redeem us but the best part I like in those verses is that but if he chooses not to yet we will still worship him I mean God is in control So use the scripture so they view that Allah is above all and totally in control of creation. Look at the creation of the world. God controls everything and we can use that as a tool, as a pathway to get to them. And then two, desire for a personal relationship with God. Hmm. And there where we will come a little bit and just talk about our relationship, the desire for a personal relationship with God. Paul, remember Paul's testimony? Paul said, I was going around destroying the church. I was ignorant of everything I was doing until on my way to Damascus, God arrested me off a horse, brought me down and gave me this assignment. Remember that? Moses, looking for a personal relationship with God, God brought him down to his needs. Joshua, we talk about all of us here, my own testimony, your own testimony of looking for a personal relationship. And like the, the, the Sufi Muslims, they've gone up on mountains, they've been in cave, they've been everywhere searching for the true God. And what have happened? They did not find him there they gone or use voodoo whatever you call it juju whatever you call it in terms of folk muslims searching for a personal relationship with god western culture today they are searching everywhere for a personal relationship with god be it america europe western europe everywhere the middle east people are searching for god you remember when we talk about in folk islam dreams Young men go to bed. Young women go to bed. They are having dreams about Jesus. But again, we said that we have to put that in the context of Scripture. Looking for fellowship and relationship with God. There are young girls, young women in America today who are so lonely. They have no friends. Uh, I mean, they are going from place to place, uh, going to psychiatrists to tell them what's wrong with them. And What's wrong is that they don't have a personal relationship with Christ. There, I, I, I told you about this. This uh, One of the church fathers that I really admire, uh, that he had this relationship with Christ, and it was so strong he was willing to give his life. There's a, a young, uh, young man by the name of Mark Gabriel. Mark Gabriel was a Muslim uh, in Egypt uh phd islamic history my gabriel was teaching islamic history at al Azhar uh, uh university the equivalent to Yale and princeton here one of the oldest muslim university in the world my gabriel in fact you can get his book on islam and terrorism or uh, jesus and muhammad he wrote those two books But while uh, Gabriel is teaching right in the class and he's reading the Quran to do his teaching, he was arrested. I use the word arrested by God. And Gabriel's life changed completely. For one year, he stopped going to the mosque. He was an imam. He stopped going to the mosque. And then when he finally made a decision to become a Christian, when he told his father, the father took his gun but the gun had no shell in it. He was arrested by the Egyptian government put in jail, put in a barrel and they put rats in a barrel. Mark Gabriel said the rats were in a barrel with water in there. The rats were more friendlier to me than my fellow Egyptian. Relationship with Christ. Today, Mark Gabriel lives in the United States where he's sharing the gospel or relationship. And then number three, reduce emphasis on the value of outward ritual and form. That is when you meet your Sufi Muslim, forget about the outward purity. And this is where we go back again to Hebrews. You know how many times we have quoted Hebrews? It's a book you need to memorize, you need to know over and over because these are people who were Christians, but because of the suffering and everything that they were doing, and they they were now willing to walk back and forget about Christ. And so the author of the Hebrews write to them to tell them, don't go back. Why would you want to go back to washing of hands? to washing the feet, to making animal sacrifices. Christ is greater than Abraham. Christ is greater than the Levitical priests. Christ is better than everything you have experienced before. And then Christ's sacrifice is enough. That's the end of it. And so this is where now when we engage our Sufi friend, or Sufi Muslim, is that we reduce the emphasis on the value of outward ritual and forms to inner. And this is why uh, um, God said, or Paul talking to the Israelites, that you have to be circumcised in the heart. It is not just the physical body, but the heart has to be circumcised. Ezekiel said, I pray that you will give them a heart of flesh and take away the heart of stone. So this is what we need to come to as we talk to these people. Oh, yes, you want to be one with God. You don't have to go in the cave. Yes, if the meditation is to the real God, and once you accept Christ, you still want to meditate. Great. You want to memorize the Bible. Great. But all these rituals that you're going through will neither bring you profit or anything that God, there's nothing you can do for God to love you more because he already loves you and that's what we need to explain to our friend uh, the Sufi Muslims.